Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. Good to have you all here with us this evening. Uh, we'll bet we should keep uh, Brother Ray and Brother Jesse in our prayers. Uh, normally, they'd be here tonight, but of course, something must be happening, and uh, they are not here, so we're missing a few tonight. Let's keep them in our prayers as we go through the service today. Uh, but wonderful, wonderful day in church today. It rained a little bit this afternoon. I was very surprised. It looked like it was going to be a, just a beautiful day. And then all of a sudden we're driving to church and it starts raining. The clouds come out, and uh, but it was a beautiful, beautiful morning and a beautiful day to be in the house of God. I hope you're excited to be in church today, excited to open up His Word and uh, learn something from it. But let's get our hymn books out. We'll turn to hymn 106. Hymn number 106, Praise Him, Praise Him. Let's stand together as we sing this first hymn together this evening. Praise Him, Praise Him. Hymn number 106, we'll sing all three verses of 106. Praise Him, Praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. Sing, all worth, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him. Highest archangels in glory, strength and honor, give to his holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard his children. In his arms, he carries them all day long. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. On that second verse, praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. the crucified sound his praises Jesus who bore our sorrows love unbounded wonderful deep and strong praise him praise him tell of his excellent greatness praise him praise him ever in joyful song on that last verse lift your voices this evening praise him praise him jesus our blessed redeemer heavenly portals loud with hosannas ring jesus savior reigneth forever and ever crown him crown him prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Love glory unto the Lord belong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Amen. He is truly worthy of our praise, isn't he? 
Uh, he's done so much for us, and he's truly worthy and deserving of all the praise that we can give him. Let's pray, and we'll start our service. Heavenly Father God, we thank you so much for another time that we get to come together. We get to open up your word, Lord. We get to open up this hymn book and sing praises to you, Lord. You are so worthy uh, of all of our praise, Lord. And I pray uh, that today everything that we do would be to your honor and to your glory, Lord. As we sing these hymns, uh, Lord, as we open up your word, uh, as we pray to you, Lord, I pray that it would all be honoring and glorifying to you. Bless our service this morning and be with those who were not able to be here. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you again for being here this morning. I would like to give you guys a few updates or evening. How many times have I said this morning so far this evening? Has it been a lot? I think I've said it a lot. I probably said it in the prayer and I probably said it again now. I, I, it just feels like morning. I just want this Sunday to keep going. Amen. No, I, I can't use that as an excuse. That doesn't work, does it? Oh, man. Well, if you have your uh, prayer list with you, I'd like to go over a few things with you this evening on our prayer list, just to keep in mind and to remember. Uh, I believe, I think we have more copies of this on the back table. Uh, but right here, if you don't have one of these, I'd encourage you to grab one. This has all of our missionaries on it, all the missionaries that we support. Uh, it's got their names on it and what their ministry is and where they are being missionaries right now. I know we have a few retirees that we're supporting, uh, but I did uh, find out from Miss Marge that those retirees are actually helping to translate the Bible into different languages. Uh, so we are continuing to support them to help with that cause. Very important uh, to get the Bible in many different languages and get it out uh, to the uttermost parts of the earth. But I would encourage you to continue to pray for our missionaries on a daily, uh, weekly basis. If you do not have one of these, I would encourage you on our back information counter, just back there, uh, I would encourage you to pick up one of these uh, papers and, and to be praying for our missionaries. A few updates uh, to our prayer list. I know Brother Ray this morning uh, was not here, uh, and he apparently, from what Brother Jesse has said, the swelling is down in his feet, but he has no strength. Uh, he's having a really hard time getting around, moving around, and uh, we just need to keep them in our prayers. And then uh, Miss Edie this morning as well told Brother Jesse before he left for church, she said, son, I just I feel like I'm dying. And uh, just so hard to hear that. We need to keep them in our prayers. Miss Edie, Brother Ray, and then of course with the family. Uh, there's so many difficult decisions to make and, and hard things going on there. But please keep them in our prayers. Of course, you see they're not here tonight. They're normally very faithful, but they're not here tonight. And uh, pray for them as well. Uh, be in prayer for Miss Marge. I haven't heard uh, why she's not here tonight. I know her sugar was off this morning, but be in prayer for her. Uh, she's normally very faithful as well. Uh, but be in prayer for her. And then, of course, for her, her former co-worker, uh, Cheryl Ray. Uh, we want to be in prayer for her as she's just been um, diagnosed with cancer and lung cancer. And as far as we know, she does not know the Lord as her Savior. And uh, please, please be in prayer for her salvation and give the doctors wisdom as they treat that, uh, that, terrible, uh, uh, that terrible disease there. And, of course, as well, keep uh, Miss Sherry Rich in your prayers She's normally here every Sunday, and she wasn't here this morning. She wasn't here two weeks ago. Uh, she was here last week, but seems like she's missing a lot of weeks with her back issues and her shoulder. Uh, keep her in your prayers uh, as well. Uh, and then, of course, keep Brother Jim and his family in your prayers as they are out camping. And uh, give, tell, uh, 
pray that they would have safe travels uh, coming back. I do have a few announcements for you as well. Uh, not only the things to keep in your prayers, but do have a few announcements for you. Uh, this coming Wednesday, August the 2nd, will be our trustee meeting. Uh, after the um, uh, Wednesday night Bible study there, uh, after that, um, I would encourage all trustees, please be there for that. Uh, we need your attendance there. Uh, and then our ladies' meeting uh, will be this coming Thursday, August the 3rd at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I would encourage all you ladies, please be there for that. It's a wonderful time. The ladies are continuing in their study of the book of Psalms, and it's just a wonderful study. I would encourage all ladies to please be there for that. And then not this Saturday, but next Saturday is our Men's Ironman Fellowship. That's right here at the church at 8.30 in the morning. I would encourage all you men, if you would, if you would be able to come, I would encourage you to come. Wonderful time together as we study the Bible, uh, as we pray together, and as we uh, open up together as men have conversations. And uh, uh, the world today is against men. The world today is against manliness. And that's something that we desperately need is for men to come together and to strengthen each other, to help build each other up. Uh, our key verse is Proverbs 17, 17. Uh, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Uh, we need to be sharpening each other. We need to be helping each other. We need to be uh, exhorting each other through the Word of God. So I'd encourage you, that's 830 uh, on August the 12th. That's not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Uh, and then, uh, again, for those of you who didn't hear this morning, we did have our uh, Super Saturday Soul Winning this past Saturday. A wonderful, wonderful turnout. A wonderful group of people came out, and uh, we got to open the door and talk to at least 10 people. Uh, got to actually talk to them, handed them a gospel tract into their hand, and talked to them about church, talked to them about the gospel. I know we got to go through the plan of salvation with a few people. They did not accept, but the seed is planted. And uh, wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, but the next Super Saturday Soul Winning will be August the 26th. Uh, that was a wonderful time. We had a few uh, who came that were not able to go out, but stayed and prayed uh, for those who did go out. And wonderful, wonderful thing, a wonderful blessing there. But I would encourage you to be there for that on August the 26th. I don't think I have any more announcements that I haven't made mention of. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Okay, well, let's continue on this, this evening. I almost said this morning again, I caught myself. I didn't quite say it. Let's turn on our hymn books to hymn number 116. Hymn number 116, take the name of Jesus with you. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. You can remain seated as we sing this hymn this morning. 116, take the name of Jesus with you. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where'er you go, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. This is one of those songs that I've known the chorus of for a long time but I've never really sung the verses of. And the verses are wonderful. I've never actually sung the verses before, so bear with me as I try to sing these verses. Uh, what a wonderful song this is. Let's sing on, on that second verse. Take the name of Jesus ever As a shield from every snare If temptations round you gather 
breathe that holy name in prayer. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. On that last verse, at the name of Jesus bowing, falling prostrate at his feet. King of kings in heaven will crown him when our journey is complete. Precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, Oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven. Amen. Well, let's get our bulletins out. And on the inside cover of your bulletin is our song of the month. Let's sing it together. This is the last time this month that we're going to get to sing this song. And everybody says amen because that falsetto note is really high. And nobody wants to try and hit that one again. Uh, but a wonderful song this is, and I hope you'll take the message of this song with you, even though the month is almost over. It's a wonderful, wonderful song. Let's sing it through one time together this evening. I have Christ in my heart. We'll sing it through this evening. What though wars may come with marching feet and beat of the drum, for I have Christ in my heart. What Though nations rage as we approach the end of the age, for I have Christ in my heart. God is still on the throne, almighty God is he, and he cares for his own throughout eternity. So let come what may, whatever it is, I only say that I have Christ in my heart. I have Christ in my heart. That's a high one, but it's a good song. It's got a wonderful message to it, and I hope you all understand the message of uh, what the world's wars may come. No matter what this world does, no matter what decisions are made for our country, uh, no matter what decisions are made with wars in different countries, we know that we don't have to worry about that because we have Christ in our heart. I understand it's good to have knowledge of these things and be up to date on these things, uh, but we know that at the end of our lives, we don't have to worry about those things. We have Christ in our heart. We have hope uh, of eternal life one day in heaven. I'm so grateful that I have Christ uh, in my heart. At this time, we'll take uh, our offering. Actually, we only have one usher this, this evening, don't we? Uh, Brother Allen, if you'd come forward, please, we'll take our offering. Normally, Brother Billy would be here, and we'd... Be, man, pray for Brother Billy as well. He's not here this evening either. I think the offering plates are in the back. <laughs> pray for Brother Billy as well. He's normally here tonight, and... He had a party. Oh, so Brother Billy's out, out partying while we're in church. I see how it... I'm going to have to call him out next Sunday about that. Oh, man. Oh, man. Maybe Brother Allen's been partying too. <laughs> uh, well, this is a time for our offering. This is a time where we get to give back to the Lord as he's given to us. It's a wonderful time of, this is a form of worship. This is how we can uh, show the Lord that we love him and uh, that we're grateful for all that he's given to us. Uh, so, Brother Allen, if you'd please ask a blessing on the offering this morning. Dear this Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. 
your house. Amen. As we read the word, your word, yes. Lord. And now as we come at this time, we know everything we have is from you. Everything I have, Lord, you've given me. And now it's my time to give back, Lord. So we ask that you open our hearts, Lord, and have us give back so we can keep the lights on by tracks for missionaries. Amen. And we ask this in your name. Amen. As he's taking the offering, welcome each other to the service. Welcome each other. Hello. Good, good evening. Welcome each other to the service. Say hi. Welcome. Good to have everybody with us this evening. If you have your Bibles with you, if you could open those up with us, please. We're going to have our scripture reading at this time. If you'd open up to the book of Luke, chapter number 19, we'll stand together for the reading of God's Word. Luke, chapter 19, beginning in verse number 1. We'll read responsively all the way down through verse number 10, meaning I'll read verse number 1, and you will read verse number 2, and so on and so forth, all the way down through verse number 10. Luke, chapter number 19, beginning in verse number 1. And we'll read responsively all the way down through verse number 10. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse number 1, and we'll read down through verse number 10. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before, and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, and came down, and received him joyfully. And when they saw him, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. And all together on verse number 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get our hymn books back out one last time. We'll turn to hymn number 176. Hymn number 176, Lead Me to Calvary. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last of hymn number 176, Lead Me to Calvary. King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorny brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, Lest I forget thine agony, 
lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. On that second verse, show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed, guarded thee whilst thou slept. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. On that last verse, may I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee, even thy cup of grief to share, thou hast borne all for me, lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thy agony, lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. Amen. Let's get our Bibles out together. We'll turn to Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. We should be fairly close to there. We were just there in our Bible reading. Luke chapter number 19. We'll read a few verses here this morning. And I know most of us know the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, most of us have a pretty good understanding. I'm sure uh, most of us heard the story of Zacchaeus when we were about this tall. And uh, we, sang, we sang the song about Zacchaeus, you know, and he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down from going to your house. And I don't know. I sang that song all the time growing up in Sunday school and uh, in junior church. Uh, but we all know the story of Zacchaeus. But I'd like to speak to you for a few moments this evening on the subject of when Jesus passes by. When Jesus passes by. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse number 1. I'll read it again for you here. It says here, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost." In this passage of scripture, I love it, Jesus uh, does the impossible. He made the tax man honest. 
He made the tax man honest. Uh, that's something that happens when Jesus passes by, though. Uh, when Jesus passes by, your life will never be the same. When Jesus passes by, your old life will be gone. You will not be the same person that you once were once Jesus passes by. Nothing will be the same in your life again when Jesus passes by. Let's pray and we'll get into our message this, this evening. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for what it means to me and how it has shaped my life and directed me uh, as I go through this life, Lord. I pray that uh, all those who are with us today would hear your word. Lord, and I pray that my words would not uh, be what's heard or uh, what is important today, Lord, but I pray that your words uh, would reign supreme over our service. Lord, I pray that everything that we do would be to your honor and to your glory as I preach your word. I pray that you'd fill me with your power, uh, Lord, because I know that in my own self I have no power. I have nothing great in me, uh, Lord, but I know that in your word you have everything. Uh, Lord, your words are the word of, words of life. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us this evening as we go through your word. In your name I pray. Amen. I love to hear about the story of Zacchaeus because it gives us hope. It gives us hope that uh, somebody who is as dishonest and really as corrupt as Zacchaeus was can still have a change of heart when Jesus passes by. Amen. I hope each and every one of us remembers that day when Jesus passed by in your life. I remember the day in my life, I was a very young man, but I remember that day. I remember that day kneeling down in my dad's office and him leading me through the scriptures and, and showing me what it meant to be saved. Now at that time, I didn't have much time uh, to become as corrupt as Zacchaeus was, amen? But I was still sin sick. I still had a sin nature in me. I still uh, had nothing good in me, but then Jesus passed by. Jesus came by. I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad uh, there was a time when I accepted Christ as my Savior. I hope each and every one of us remembers that day. I want to look at a few things this evening about when Jesus passes by. The first thing I want to look at is before Jesus passed by. In Zacchaeus' life, before Jesus passed by, there was a thirsting to get to know who he was. We see that in verse number 3. If you look at it there in your Bibles, it says, And he, speaking of Zacchaeus, sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. Before Jesus passes by in our life, we have a desire to know who he is. Even this world, if you look at this world today, they have a desire, they don't know it, uh, but they have a desire to know God. Now, a lot of people, they'll push that desire away or they'll bury it really down deep. But in our own uh, human essence, we have a desire to know who God is. We have a desire to get close to God. Even Zacchaeus, who was uh, the ch most likely the chiefest of sinners, he, he, he was a dishonest man. He was not a good man by any means. But he heard that Jesus was in the area and worked very hard to see Jesus. He wanted to know who Jesus was. He wanted to have a close relationship with him. He wanted to have an understanding of who Jesus was. We have a desire as human beings to be in subject to a higher authority. We have a desire for that. We thirsted for a relationship with God before we even knew who he was. Before we knew who Jesus was, we thirsted for a relationship with him. 
I love uh, in Genesis 1, verse number 1. I say it all the time. Uh, but the first, uh, what is it, the first four words of Genesis 1, 1 say, In the beginning, God. It assumes that we know who God is. It assumes the existence of God in the very first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God. We, before we even knew who God was, had a desire, but not only did we have a desire, we had a need. We had a need to know who God was. We had a need to be close to God. Our spirit is not fulfilled. Our body is not uh, fulfilled until we find out who Jesus is, until uh, we get a hold of Jesus. In Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10, I'll read it for you uh, this evening. You know what? Let's turn there. Let's all turn there, and we can look at it together. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 1. Ephesians chapter number 2, in verse number 1. We see here uh, about how we had a need. We had a need for salvation. We had a need for God before we even knew that we had a need. Ephesians chapter number 2, I'll begin reading in verse number 1. It says here, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We have a need for a Savior. The Bible talks about here in Ephesians that we were dead in our sins. We weren't going anywhere. We were like when you, when you go out on an old country road and you get stuck in the mud and your tires are just spinning. That's where we were in our lives before Christ came by. That's where Zacchaeus was. That's where much of our world is at right now. Much of our world today is in a place uh, where their tires are simply spinning. They seek, uh, they search for direction. They search for uh, meaning in this life. You, you hear so many philosophers, one of the most, uh, I'm sure one of the most uh, prominent answer or questions that philosophers are trying to answer today is what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? There's a desire to have purpose in this life. There's a need uh, for fulfillment in something. Now, most people in this world would uh, go uh, so far as to go away from God to try and find uh, their fulfillment. They'll try to find uh, fulfillment in, in alcohol, or uh, they'll try to find it in drugs, and, and eventually they get to the end of their road, and they don't, they don't know what to do because there's no fulfillment in anything but Jesus Christ. There's no fulfillment in anything other than a life lived for God. 
And that's one of the things that uh, Zacchaeus realized. He had a life full of riches. He had everything he could ever dream of. He had so many riches. Now, of course, everybody hated him because he was a tax collector. But he still realized that in all things, that he had no fulfillment. Without knowing who Jesus was, without knowing who this man was. That's why he climbed up into a sycamore tree. That's why he, he said, I've got to know who Jesus is. I've got to know who God is. I've got to find some sort of fulfillment in my life. That was before Jesus ever even passed by. We had a need for a Savior before we knew the Savior. Just as with Zacchaeus, we desired to know of him before he ever passed by in our lives. There was a great thirst to know God. There is a great thirst in our nation today for something. It's the reason our world is in the place that it's in today. It's trying to find uh, fulfillment somewhere. And if they would just understand that you can find true fulfillment, you can find true purpose in this word right here. If they would just understand that everything that they need to know uh, of how to live a victorious life, uh, of how to live a wonderful life full of blessings is right here in this book and is found in Jesus Christ. What a world we would live in today. But no, the world decides uh, they're going to go a different direction. And they're going to find ful fulfillment in everything but the word of God. But it just shows that there is a desire to know God. And what a, a sad thing to see our world in the state that it's in today. Because they're trying to find their fulfillment in something other than God. In something other than Jesus Christ. So number one, before Jesus passed by, there was a desire to know of him. To know him. To get closer to him. And then number two, once Jesus passed by, there was a desire to change. There was a desire to change. In verse number 8 of our, of our text passage, Luke 19, verse 8 says this, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Once you got saved, there was very likely this thing called conviction that began to come onto your life. Conviction is not always fun. I know I've had conviction come on my life many times. And oftentimes it means I've got to come down to this altar and pour my heart out to God. And maybe I've got to change a few things. But this happened in Zacchaeus' life. That conviction that came upon your life oftentimes would point out those things that you knew you were doing that were wrong but didn't really uh, come to light until then. And I think that's one of the reasons why our world today does not want to come to God. We've talked about it in weeks past. We've talked about how our world today wants to live their own lifestyle. They want to live the way they want to live. Uh, they think, well, I've got time on this earth. I'm sad, to, I'm sad to say it, but oftentimes there isn't as much time as you think there is. You come to the end of your life and you've lived a life that you think was the life that you wanted to live and you come to the end of your life and realize that there was no fulfillment in it because you'd never accepted Christ as your Savior. Because you'd never uh, accepted that great gift. I think of Solomon. In all his riches, in all of his glory, 
He said, after all of these things, it's all vanity. It's all vexation of spirit. Because if it's not rooted and founded in this word, if it's not rooted and founded in Jesus and God, if it's not rooted and founded in wanting to please our Savior, then all it is is vanity and vexation of spirit. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've found in my life that uh, when I finally decide uh, to give my life to God and do what He wants me to do, there's been times in my life, and I, again, I say I'm a young man, so I haven't had much time in this life, but in the time that I've had, I have run away from God for a few years because I did not want to live the life that He wanted me to live. I thought I would make more money. Well, I was broke the whole time, so I didn't make any more money. I thought I'd be happier. Well, I was more depressed than I ever was during those years. I thought I'd find more fulfillment. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea where I was going. I'll tell you this. I've had more blessings. I've had more purpose. I've had more understanding of what I'm to do in this life when I have decided to live for God. There was also, when you got saved, very likely also a desire to please God and to do things that would please Him. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, it says this, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. There were some things, when I became a born-again Christian, when I finally began to give my life to God, I had to put away some things. We see that with Zacchaeus. When he finally began to know God, God came to his house. They began to sup together and get to know each other. What did Zacchaeus do? He said, well, I'm going to give, I'm going to give all this back to those who I robbed. I'm going to fix my life. I'm going to do right now. When we became saved, when Jesus passed by, there were some things that we had to leave behind. There were some things that we had to get rid of in our lives. I know uh, in, in 2 Corinthians, it speaks about um, how we are a new man. When we accept Christ, we become a new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's some things that had to have been gotten rid of when we accepted Christ. There were some things that we needed to change. Uh, I know when I got saved, I was a young man, but still, there were some things that I had to change. There was a certain way that I had to live my life. I understood that. Now, I, I say this, I grew up in a, a pastor's home, so I had wonderful examples to follow after in my life. I know not everybody uh, grows up as fortunate as that. But there's some things that had to change. We are a new person now that Christ lives in us. We no longer have to be a slave to sin. This world that we live in today, it's so sad to see it, but they are a slave to their own sin. They think that uh, because they no longer have to be, they think they're under the thumb of God if they, uh, if they become saved. But instead, when they go out into, in, into sin and begin to live their own life, in, in all honesty, they're in bondage. I've never been more free than when I'm in the center of God's will. I've never been more fulfilled than in the center of God's will. We now have a new life with greater purpose than we ever had before. To those who say there's no reason to live, life in Christ will give you more reason than ever to be alive.
to those who say that there's no purpose to life, you can find greater purpose than you've ever known in service to God. I'll say this, there's always something to do when you're in God's will. You'll never get bored. You're always busy. But you find purpose. There's a reason to live when you're in the middle of God's will. If you'll just give your life to Him, you'll find purpose in this life. And God will give you a reason to be on this earth. So first of all, before Jesus passed by, there was a great desire to know Him. Second of all, uh, when Jesus did pass by, there was a great desire to change and to become better and to serve God and to please God. Number three, and lastly, when Jesus passed by, the effect was broad. The effect was broad. And I, I find this in verse number nine of our text passage, Luke 19, verse number nine. It says there, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. His house was saved. His whole house was saved. Uh, Jesus didn't just save Zacchaeus. He saved his whole house. When Jesus passed by in your life, what was the aftermath? Who was affected by that? Who, who, who got the, uh, uh, what would you say, the, um, what is it after an atomic bomb hits? Is it the aftermath? Is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, maybe, maybe aftershock. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. When Jesus passed by in your life, who got the aftershock? Who was it that came to know the Lord after you came to know the Lord? Because that's one thing uh, in each of us as believers. Once we accept Christ, before we got saved, we had a desire to know God and to get close to Him and understand who He was and to have Him in our life. But then once we got saved, then we had a desire to show others. We should all have a desire in our hearts because of what Jesus has done for us and because of the purpose that we found in our life, we should have a great desire to show others. We should have a great desire to, to bestow that upon somebody else, to show them the great purpose that you found in this life. Did your example change? Did other people see you differently? I know for many who got saved later in life, maybe your friends saw who you became and didn't want to be around you anymore. That's part of the aftermath. Sometimes it pushes people away, but sometimes it gives you an opportunity to share with them the wonderful gospel of our Lord and Savior. What's the aftermath? Did you change who you were when Jesus passed by? Or did you go right back to the life you lived before? I find it so sad to see new believers who accepted Christ and got excited about their new life in Christ and then nobody ever nurtured that. Nobody ever brought them into discipleship where they learned more about their faith and they fell back into the life they lived before. Now is that to say that they're no longer saved? No, they're saved. Once saved, always saved. But they no longer have that purpose that they once had. They no longer find that purpose. They go, uh, they go back off into their old ways of seeking to find that purpose. God saved you. When God saved you, I pray that there was a change that was made in your life. I pray also that when God saved you, that you got excited about it and told others. 
I think about um, how many I've shared the gospel with. It's not near as many as I'd like to. It's not near as many as I probably have had opportunity to, and I'm, I'm sad to say that I've missed opportunities to give the gospel out. But who have you given the gospel to since you received the gospel? I'm not saying this to, uh, to belittle anybody or to hurt anybody, but it's something we should think about. How often do we give the gospel out? How often do we hand out a gospel tract? How often do we go through with a family member that might be lost? Uh, how they can know for sure they can go to heaven one day? It's something we just did it yesterday, and it was a wonderful time. And, and this morning, I was, uh, or this afternoon, I was going through the drive-thru, and I just handed somebody a gospel tract. It's an easy thing. One of the things that oftentimes happens is, uh, like with the aftershock of, a, of an explosion, there's a grand explosion when, when God comes into your life, and then the aftershock comes, and, and, and it, it hits many people, and, and you get to witness to a lot of people, and maybe some people get to know the Lord, and they get to accept Christ, but then it diminishes as time goes on. The excitement begins to wane. We all need to be excited and continue that aftershock. Now, we may not be able to go and knock on doors like we once were able to, but we can still be excited when we show somebody the gospel. We can still have an excitement in our heart. Who was in the aftermath when Jesus passed by? Remember the moment when Jesus passed by. Remember the day. Remember the time. Uh, remember the feeling that you had. Remember what the aftershock was like when Jesus passed by. And continue that throughout your life. Continue the aftershock. Continue giving out the gospel. Continue spreading the word. Remember that moment. What a wonderful moment that was. What a wonderful day that was. When I finally, in my, in my own sin, got on my knees and accepted Christ as my Savior. What a wonderful day that was. And now that we remember that moment, let's go and tell somebody else. Let's go and tell somebody else. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I know it's a short message this evening, Lord, but an important one nonetheless. Lord, I pray that we have not forgotten that day that you passed by in our lives. I pray that we would never forget that wonderful uh, feeling that was, that wonderful excitement that we had when you passed by. Lord, I pray that none of us are the same that we were the day before you passed by or the weeks before you passed by. Lord, I pray that you'd be with each and every one of us as we've heard these things. The altar is open and as the piano plays, Maybe you need to come forward tonight and just say, uh, Lord, I've lost my excitement that I once had when you first passed by. Maybe you need to come forward tonight and just ask the Lord to give you renewed excitement about giving the gospel to others. Maybe you need to come forward today and say, Lord, I've never had that moment that you've passed by in my life. I've never truly accepted you as my Savior tell you the best day to accept Christ as your Savior is right now. Don't let it go by. If you've never accepted Him, come forward. 
and make that decision today. As the piano plays, you come. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the service that we've had this evening. Lord, thank you for what you've done in my heart through studying this. Lord, and I pray that you would work, you have, I pray that you would have worked in hearts this evening. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would be excited about reaching others who have never been told the wonderful gospel. I pray that you'd light a fire in each and every one of us to go more than ever and reach people. Lord, we need you to work in ourselves. Lord, we need you to work in each of us individually, and we need you to work in our church. Lord, please help us. As we go from this place, Lord, I pray that what we've heard this evening would not go in one ear and out the other, but Lord, we'd apply it to our lives, and we'd allow it to change us and to affect us, uh, Lord, and to move us. Lord, I pray that you do that this evening. Lord, and I pray that you keep us safe as we go home today and bring us back safely on Wednesday. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming this evening. You are dismissed.
Good to see you. <laughs> Good to see you. So, we played this.